everyone, my name is Joel Steven and this is the Stevens Podcast. Um, today's episode is going to be about the weight of expectations on students. Um, it was originally supposed to be um, the weight of expectations on students and athletes, but when doing research for this podcast, I realized how much different points I wanted to talk about in regards to athletes. So I thought I would do that as a whole separate podcast to do at a later date. So this one will be about just on students. So a little bit about me first. Um, For those of you who may not know, as I already said, my name is Joel Stephen. I was born in New York City, but grew up in Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. And now I'm back in New York, going to college at St. John's University. Um, I've been doing this podcast for a little while now, although I don't have that many episodes because I haven't been consistent with it, but that's just how it goes. I'm hoping that I'm able to, you know, get into a rhythm and start posting more podcasts, but I guess it just depends on how it goes. And yeah, let's get right into the podcast. So for this podcast, I decided that I would split it up into two parts again. Um, Firstly, with my experience with the education system in Trinidad and Tobago, and then my experiences in New York City. as a microcosm of America as a whole. Um, I would do this because I think the differences are a little bit, uh, there are some differences and um, the experiences would be, you know, different and some people would be able to relate and some wouldn't. So um, I think it would probably be best that way. So I'm gonna start off with Trinidad first. Firstly, I would just like to say that the weight of expectations on students has varied over time, like most things have. I think from generation to generation, you can see um, that the measurement of success has drastically increased exponentially. And what I mean by that is maybe 50 years ago, having a bachelor's degree would have made you, you know, you it would have placed you at a certain level educationally. You would have been viewed in a higher light. And it would have been easier to get jobs if you had a bachelor's degree and so on like that. And so people would gradually, would gradually go towards getting bachelor's degree because it belie- they believe that it would propel them, you know, in order to get the job that they wanted. And now, 10 years ago, having a master's degree was the top thing. If you had a master's degree, you can get in anywhere. Um, your status was secured. Um, people listen to your views more. Um, simple things like that. And now, well, at least for like the past six years, maybe, it's been PhDs, 
doctorates, things like that. So the weight of expectations or the value of success educationally has changed throughout generations. I think we could easily state that. I think that if you just listen to any bit of news or you do any bit of research, there are people with masters out there who are working for minimum wage, which 10 years ago, 15 years ago, would have been unthinkable, I think, personally. But now education has, I don't know if it has changed or if it has stagnated, or, but we're seeing more and more instances of this happening, and I think that it's a problem. Um, so back to Trinidad and Tobago. Um, for all my fellow Trinidadians out there, you would know that there's like an educational system of exams that we go through. So when you're in primary school, you have SE. When you're in secondary school, you have CSEC. And if you do Form 6, then you have CAPE, right? And the main thing is, so let's start with primary school. When you're in primary school and you're doing SEA, your main goal is to get into the best secondary school possible. And I can definitely see, in my experience, the expectations or the hopes for the more advanced students in my school was really pressuring. Um, There's this sort of method that I call the you fail, you're out method, where it's like, if you don't, you know, do your best, or if you don't get into your your first choice school or your top school, then you're not going to be successful, you're going to find it harder in life, you're going to struggle, things like that. And most of the times, these children's um, top choice school would be prestigious schools, you know, I don't want to call any names for fear of missing out on anybody and causing a whole flame more in Trinidad. I'm not going through all that. But basically, we all know that everyone wants to go to the prestigious school. And especially parents want to encourage that as well. And for good reason. They want their children to do well. They want their children to end up better than they did. And this all goes back to emancipation, which it is emancipation. They Today, by the way, so happy emancipation, Transbego and the Caribbean, um, where families would want to send their children now to get education to be better than they did, which in turn could help the family financially and to break that cycle of poverty. But the thing that's really sort of causes the problem is this the stressing on that success getting that success that caribbean parents think they think or they seem to think that they're encouraging you when sometimes they're really putting a lot of pressure on you sometimes and it, it can be really difficult to deal with um especially from my personal experience and it was really really tough and it only gets worse as you move up so I remember from my SEA, I had four choices of schools that I wanted to go to. 
and my heart was really set on my first choice school, which was Hillview College for any Trinidadians that know Hillview College. And I actually didn't end up getting my first year school. I got my second year school, which is probably an equal or if not more prestigious school than the school I wanted to go to. But when I got my results, for some reason I was disappointed. I was like, wow, I didn't get into this school that I wanted to go to. What's going to happen now? I mean, is my do I have to change my expectations? Do I have to change like my career path? And this is all from like me being 10, 11. Just come out of like my first major exam. And I'm having all these different thoughts in my head at a, such a young age. I also saw some of my fellow classmates in tears, utterly devastated that they didn't get to go to the schools that they wanted to go to. And this is all from a young age of 10, 11, 12. So the education system already has the young children in Trinidad Tobacco feeling immense stress, immense pressure to succeed. And if all their hard work doesn't pay off, that could lead to some serious low self-esteem, um, increased depression, and just feelings of being overwhelmed. To study for those exams, I remember doing, like you had school, which was like what, seven hours a day, I think. Um, probably less than that, I can't remember. And then you had lessons on the side, so you have math lessons and English lessons and creative licensing lessons and all these different things. And it was lacking. I was lacking sleep. I was lacking. I wasn't eating properly. And I was just in this mode of constantly going in a rhythm of doing school consistently to pass this exam. And the ironic thing is, in the end, I didn't get the school that I wanted to go to. And I still ended up feeling worse off. Now, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And now, seven years later, I'm thankful that I got into the school that I did. And I can't imagine how my life would be if I had gone to the other school. But that is an entirely different thing. Because my mental state when entering the school was not where a young student's mind should be. Because it did take me at least another three years in order to get back to where I was educational-wise and academically and getting my grades up just because I had taken that hit in my self-esteem. Now, for CSEC and CAPE now, it's, I would argue it's even worse because now we're getting into something called scholarships. Now, we all know trying to be good um but scholarships is a pretty big thing if you've ever listened to some of my previous previous podcasts which i would highly recommend by the way um you would know how important and how controversial scholarships can be and scholarships are really just an opportunity or financial benefit in order to further your education 
and um, their tertiary education. So you'd be able to go to college, whether it's University of the West Indies or abroad. Now, every as I was saying in the intro, everyone wants to get to that next step. Everyone wants to, that next step would be go to college and get that bachelor's degree. And so the the competition for scholarships are even tougher. And it's um, so the CSEC exam is much more difficult to deal with than SCA, obviously. And the amount of work, the amount of pressure that parents and students parents and teachers sorry and yes students put on each other is very hard difficult to deal with so i did find an article um from the trinidad and tobago newsday where a psychologist dr margaret naked is concerned about many students not being taught that it's okay to fail and i found the article interesting because it was talk, she was talking to a group of students from um, a prestigious school about it being okay to fail, and most of, most likely she would have been talking about academically and so on. But I really wonder how many of those students really took in what she had to say and really. Um, let it change them in a way. So what she would have said is she told students of St. Joseph Convent in Port of Spain that at the conference in the US last year, one of her fellow counterparts reported that high achieving Caribbean students were more at risk of being socially isolated and more prone to chronic depression. The president, Naked, was the president of the TNT Association of Psychologists. And she said that what had been a concern to her over the last decade of research and study amongst the students in China and Tobago is that rates of mental illness are rising in teenagers and young adults aged 14 to 22. And she says that studies show that chronic loneliness, feeling misunderstood and failure in school have been the primary triggers leading to suicidal thoughts and then suicide. She then further states that these factors can impact your lives in dramatic ways. Chronic loneliness happens over a period of time, usually accompanied by feelings of inadequacy, poor self-esteem and self-loathing. It disturbs your perceptions and makes you believe that those people in your life are doing less for you than they actually do. And that's perfectly fit into what I was feeling and right there ages 14 to 22 you just got done with the SEA exam depending on how you've done you're either feeling really good about yourself but extremely tired mentally and physically or you're feeling really down on yourself that you didn't do as well as everyone expected you to and then you're heading for the next five years to prepare for another exam that's even more pressure and depending on if you're a high academic student uh, everyone would want you to go and get a scholarship 
to be able to go college abroad and as i'm going to get into next the competition for scholarships is downright insane today about 18,000 students like in the school system at every any given like year that go up to do exams and you would not believe how many scholarships are up for grabs out of a field of 18,000. As of 2020, it was 400 scholarships that were being divided up amongst different fields. So sciences, math, um, business, computer science, all these different things. 400 scholarships for 18,000 plus students. You could imagine the pressure, the the amount of hard work that it takes just to get one of those scholarships, much less how a student must be feeling when they have perfectly good grades and should get them a scholarship, yet they don't get one. And the even more shocking thing is, is that of, well, 2020, last year, it has been reduced to 100 scholarships. So I found another article by the Newsday, because I think that they are a decent source, which states that the number of annual scholarships has been reduced to 100 from 400. Under the new system, 100 scholarships will be awarded on merit and are to be awarded on the basis of a list of weighted criteria. The heaviest weighting goes to whether the applicant has the financial means to study, 30%, and to academic scores, 30%. And then other things such as if they're doing something in the field of national development, it will be 15%, and student involvement in community building activities, be a further 15 percent um now this is the interesting thing that i really have a strong like disagreement with now first off it's a rate it's only a hundred which is far worse than it being 400 but let's cast that aside because there are different reasons for why that is i personally do not think that scholarships these scholarships are awarded on merit, which means the best grades go towards people with the best grades would have a higher chance of getting the scholarship. But to me, education is not a level playing field. So if you go to a prestigious school or you have the money to go to all the different lessons or a private tutor, you could easily get the best grades and then get the scholarship to be able to go and advance your your um, education. And what about students who don't have as much resources yet are putting their best foot forward, are putting the work, and they have good grades, but can't possibly compete with students who have those vast resources? What would happen then? Personally, I also think that the weighting of 15% towards priority areas of national development should be changed because I strongly do think 
that um, if you're like chance the big girls currently going through a massive recession and things would have gotten worse during the COVID-19 pandemic I personally would think that you would want to encourage students or business students particularly to get that further education to be able to come back within four or five years and put plans in place to be able to change things based on what they have learned but that's just me i've been ranting about that for like the last two education podcasts that i've done and nobody takes me on all these science students continue, continuously bash me saying that oh they do like they have the best grades so they should get all these scholarships which they already get the lion's share of the scholarships but that's an entirely different matter so that's what i have to say for the rate of expectations um for in terms of trying the big um we're going to take a quick break and then i will do the rate of expectations for college in my opinion and in my experience so far in the u.s hey it's me joel i just wanted to give a quick thanks to anyone who's still listening right now if you've made it this far um if you have any like questions or concerns or any criticisms because i know i'm not doing this like the most perfectly um feel free to let me know you can message me on my instagram at stevenxjoe eventually i will make instagram for this podcast but um again it depends on how well it does and um yeah so i hope you're enjoying it so far i hope you're learning something or it's resonating with you in some way and um Again, let me know what you think about it. So, back to the podcast. College is a real challenge. I think that's probably the way I'd put it so far. Um, I'm going into my sophomore year. Um... And I haven't, I've barely even, like, stepped foot in the campus for, like, educational purposes because of COVID and everything. So, this will probably be my first real experience of St. John's and, like, how it is educationally. Um, and I really hope that it's worth it because college in... New York and in America as a whole isn't as glamorous as I think people would make it seem. Um, there's a lot to enjoy, but as I'm going to get into within this part of the podcast, um, especially for Caribbean students who would be going to school, um, going to college, the margin for failure is very, very low. Like you, you cannot fail. Um, first of all, let's talk about the cost to attend college. I found the article about, from visualcapitalist.com, very interesting article, talking about how college fees 
have risen over the years in relation to inflation, the general price inflation of the U.S. economy. So they say in 1980, college tuition and fees, or since 1980, sorry, college tuition and fees are up 1,200%, while the consumer price index for all items has risen only 236%. So anyone who's not into economics, basically the general price level since 1980 has risen up to 236%, while college tuition and fees has risen 1,200%. Back in 1980, it cost $1,856 to attend a degree-granting public school in the U.S. and $10,000 to attend a private school. I'm pretty sure that any um, of you listening could, would know the cost to attend your dream school in the U.S. right now. And like you, you know how expensive that is. Don't even talk with St. John's. Like I'm, I'm happy I'm going to St. John's, but like the instance that I feel unhappy or I'm not getting my money's worth, I would instantly drop it for something else. Because these U.S. colleges are very expensive. Um. So the article goes on to like state like some reasons why they think that um, the prices are increasing. So they say decrease in state funding. Um, okay, I can see that happening. An increase in demand, which is what I was talking about in my intro. Um, the demand for college education has increased over time. Um, between 2000 and 2018, undergraduate enrollment in degree-granting institutions has increased by 26%. And increase in federal aid, which they say, according to a study from the New York Fed, every $1 in subsidized federal student loans increases college tuition by 60 cents, which personally I don't understand given that you take out loans in order to help you pay. So why does that increase the cost of going to the college? But that's just me. And speaking of cost, the cost itself is already a daunting task. So you've come out of high school, you come out of secondary school, and you're looking at colleges. And you say, okay, um, I wanna go to like a top school. And you see they're quoting prices of like fifty thousand US dollars a year. And if you're dormant on campus, it goes up to sixty thousand, depending on where you're going. Or if you're going to like a local CUNY school or like a state school, it'll be a bit less, but still expensive. And how are you gonna pay for all this? Well, that's where loans come in. So if you're not extensively rich and can't afford $52,000 a year, excluding like any like scholarships or grants that you get, you'd still have like a significant amount to pay. Um, that's where loans come in. So 
you take loans in order to help you pay it off. But from according to this article from Forbes from 2021 actually, student loan debt in 2020 is now about $1.56 trillion. The latest student loan debt statistics for 2020 show how serious the student loan debt crisis has become for borrowers across all demographic and age groups. There are 45 million borrowers who collectively owe 1.6 trillion in student loan debt in US student loan debt and student loan debt sorry is now the second highest consumer debt category behind mortgages and it is higher than credit cards and auto loans which is incredible the average student loan debt for members of the class of 2018 is 29,200, a 2% increase from 2019, which is pretty crazy. So you're going into college, you want to further your career, um, everyone's been telling you, you know, go to college, um, you're going to need a degree in order to get your dream job or whatever, um, to increase those chances, and you do your best in high school and secondary school, and you see these kind of prices and you, you know that now you have to take this burden of financial like this financial burden in order to help pay for that um that journey that next step that you want to take um that's why actually in st john's before you take any loans you have to go through loan counseling um just so that they make sure that you really know what you're getting yourself into like loans are not something to be played with you have to pay it back and these are financial decisions that are going to be with you for the rest of your life as we're seeing from these articles um in the us as of 2016 the average student loan debt per capita is four thousand nine hundred and twenty dollars and the states of Pennsylvania, New York, of course, and Michigan have among the highest student loan debt per capita in the nation. So a lot of these students are going to college in order to further their education, um, in order to enter the workforce, and they're taking on a lot of debt, and it takes a while to repay, depending on your field, and um, your job perspectives which is another thing that we have to talk about when talking about the weight of expectations because as soon as you leave college um depending on like where you've got your loans you have to start paying them immediately or six months later you have to start paying back and servicing these loans and according to what to become.com that isn't an easy thing to do when you're unemployed. So as soon as you graduate, you may not get a job right away, which is pretty understood. I mean, you just come out, you may or may not have any work experience. Um, so you're not getting those calls for jobs right away. And according to this article, college graduates Unemployment rate is one of those topics that we really shouldn't avoid. 
And they also give some statistics that are very interesting. Approximately 63% of high school graduates enrolled in college last year, that would be 2020. Around 53% of recent college graduates are unemployed or underemployed. The unemployment rate for those with a bachelor's degree or higher is 4.8%. So that would be people with masters and PhDs and so on. People who are going into mass media have an unemployment rate of 7.3%. Um, 43% of college graduates are underemployed in their first job. And if you're going into criminal justice, then I'm sorry for you. But 73.2% of majors are underemployed. And if you're not sure, underemployed is uh, under use of a worker because a job doesn't have the use for their skills or they are part-time so you basically you're wasting your time when you're not feeling fulfilled as a worker which could actually hurt your morale um you just feel like you just you come out of college um this is something that you wanted to do from a young age you pick this major you're paying all this money and then you're actually in the job and you feel like you're not happy with you know your choices right you're not happy with the job you're not happy with the feel you feel like you've made the wrong choice um you feel like you wasted your time and that could be a really big psychological effect of someone just coming to college that could be something that could really affect someone mentally and speaking of mentally we go on to the next thing that i wanted to bring up in terms of debate expectations which is mental health now you could just look at the sphere of like the internet or the world right now and mental health is still something that's a bit taboo um depending on where you are it's not something that's taken seriously it's something that is laugh that is not given the proper resources to deal with and anyone that's in college right now canoon is very difficult um it's a whole new level of responsibility that we're not prepared for um the work and the, um, the exams can be very grueling like i remember like the one time i was on campus for a class last year i went into like this common area and this girl was crying and i was like just all the blue just like that and so like i went up to her and asked like what's wrong and she just said biomed so i assume that because she's a biomed major that's a pretty common thing to do like to feel overwhelmed or something like that and i think it was really that that really that instance or that interaction that really laid the groundwork for me to really think that I cannot mess around. Like, I've been given this opportunity to go to college abroad, and it really isn't something that I can play with. I have to keep my grades up and I have to like, keep my scholarship and everything. Um, if I lose that scholarship, that's a whole bunch of money that 
I cannot pay and I'm gonna probably have to drop out of college I don't know and there's all these different thoughts going on in your head that I easily felt sometimes I felt depressed sometimes I felt overwhelmed I felt unmotivated especially during like the whole zoom class thing I was really annoying and if I'm feeling that way, I can only imagine how other people would feel. And according to the American, um, the APE, 95% of college counseling center directors that were surveyed said that the number of students with significant psychological problems is a growing concern in their campus. 70% of directors believe that the number of students with severe psychological problems on their campus has increased in the past year, with anxiety being the top presenting concern among college students, followed by depression, and then relationship problems. And then it goes on to talk about how many are on medication and different things like that. So depending on where you are on your campus, you may be able to get help um feel whatever mental problems you may be going through and in others you may not be able to get help and that can really make or break your semester education wise and not just the education but your whole health it could affect your health it could affect um your relationship with other people um your livelihood and it can have a lasting effect on you overall like just imagine if you you know you have to attain a certain level of grade in order to keep your scholarship and you lose out because say you had a death in the family or something that really affects you badly and you drop under that threshold your university isn't being too understanding and you still haven't gotten over that mental block that you have and this is just a nightmare situation that you don't know how to get out of and especially as a Caribbean student coming up to New York an uh, entirely new place I'm feeling homesick already um, I know I have these educational goals that I have to keep up in order to keep my scholarship and it's just a bit overwhelming sometimes and you know i know i'm up here for a purpose trying to like do the best that i can but sometimes it's just a bit much and i really do struggle and i know that a lot of other college students are struggling as well um and the last point that i just wanted to touch upon which is very similar to what i was just saying is um, first generation students and immigrant families um, so I just had some data talking about students from immigrant families made up about 50% of all college students in California and states where immigrant students made up a quarter of the college population were Hawaii with 40% Nevada 40% Florida 40% New York 39% New Jersey 36%, Massachusetts 34%, Washington 32%, Texas 32%, and the list goes on and on. So 
if you are a first generation college student or um a college student born of an immigrant family you would know how difficult it is how much pressure your family may put on you or you may even put on yourself unconsciously to do better you may not be living in the most ideal circumstances um, a lot of immigrant families do tend to live in poverty and college is like the only way out for some students it's like if i could just make it through college get that dream job at the end of the rainbow and try my best to get my family out of this cycle of poverty um, that's a lot, a lot of first generation and immigrant families are going through and it could be very difficult and as we have been talking about throughout the podcast so far when you add in all these different factors together um college life can be very difficult and can be something that um could weigh down on your mind mentally so i realize that i've been rambling on for quite a while um i do hope that you did learn something from the podcast um and yeah if you have any comments criticisms that you want to um you know throw at me any you know anything you want to say just message me on instagram at steven Joel, and i will get back to you and i'll take in all your comments and your criticisms and yeah so that's it for me today thank you once again for listening and i will see you in the next podcast peace